0: What happens when you put joy, superheroes, and a love of all things good and holy together? You get the Guardians of Virtue podcast, designed for saints who want to fight for the most precious of all gifts of our time, virtue. Join your host, Elisa Lindsey Johnson, that's me, as I discover everyday heroes who all have one thing in common, a desire to fight as guardians of virtue for God, freedom, and our families. Let's discover together what it really means to be a guardian of virtue. Welcome to episode 18 of the Guardians of Virtue podcast. In today's episode, I got the opportunity to talk to Lynette Shepherd. Lynette is a wife, a mother of five, a new grandma, a disciple of Christ, a writer, a podcaster, and a light sharer. She lives in Arizona with her husband and children who are not away at college or serving missions. She is on a mission of her own to help Latter-day Saints especially women stand with the, with and for Jesus Christ. Without further ado, here's my interview with Lynette Shepherd, a guardian of standing. Lynette, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here
0: yeah so for those of you who don't who don't know Lynette, she is a podcaster herself. She has a podcast called Stand with Lynette and so I'm really excited to talk to you about um what it means to be a guardian of standing and I'm excited it's specifically because that's a I love talking to people who might have might be a guardian of something that's not really thought of as a virtue but um. Standing in holy places, being willing to stand for the right, stand for true principles, um, stand for the gospel, that's totally a virtue that we need more of.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's so important. I'm happy to be here to talk about it. I feel passionately about this, as you probably guessed. So
0: yeah, this will be fun. I, I love it. So what does it mean to you to be a guardian of standing?
1: That means to me to be a guardian of standing it means to be an example of what it looks like to stand firmly in your covenants, stand firmly in the gospel of Jesus Christ and with the Savior Jesus Christ himself. I think it can be hard to be in that place of wanting to stand and be a light and be an example and not be afraid of the naysayers and I think it's so important that that we do this especially in our world where, some of these virtues of the gospel of Jesus Christ are getting buried. And so the more who the more people who are willing to stand up and shine and be a light and shine light on those things, I think the better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um oh man. Don't you hate when you have a thought and it totally just dissipates when you <laughs> are the story to... of my life. <laughs> uh, say it. Well, I guess maybe it'll come up <laughs> some other time in our conversation. I do love that you um, focus on standing for for the right. And nice. in the Doctrine and Covenants section 87, verse 8, it says, stand ye in holy places and be not moved. Prophets have told us for a long time that we need to stand in holy places like the temple, church, um, make your home a holy place where you can stand. Uh, but there are more unusual places, I think, um, that become that can become holy places where we can stand that might not look like it. Um, one example I think of is, I don't know if you know who Tim Ballard is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he talked about, I was listening to a podcast or an interview with him where he was talking about the first time that, um, or one of the times he went to, I guess for those of you that don't know who he is, he, is, um, he started Operation Underground Railroad and they um, fight against human trafficking and so um, when they first started he was one of the main guys to go and do these sting operations to try and you know save these children and and he said that um you know he's talked with he's talked with these people that sell children and he's pretended to be somebody that purchases children for you know these heinous things that go on and and he said that even at those times um he was able to fill the spirit in just the like lowest of lowest of humanity he was still able to fill the spirit and be in a holy place even though it wasn't necessarily a holy place so um, have there been specific moments in your life where you have been able to stand in a place that might not seem holy but was because of what you
1: experienced. Well, I definitely don't have anything as dramatic as <laughs> what you just described.
0: <laughs> I don't maybe, I do either.
1: <laughs> but I love that example. It's got me thinking a little bit deeper um, about what that might look like. But I think a holy place is wherever you are seeking guidance from the spirit and listening yeah. for that guidance. And for Tim Ballard in that horrible, awful location, being able to seek and follow the promptings of the spirit. Spirit is amazing. It can turn that place into a holy place for him. Um, For me personally, sometimes my car is a holy place, you know, where I don't have the radio on and I'm just praying and thinking and pondering. I am a person who fills the spirit most strongly often when I'm outside, when I'm in nature and I'm a big hiker and I hike almost every day on the hills by my home. And it's not as much for my physical health, although that's a good um, benefit of it, it's it's more for my spiritual health because I don't take headphones most of the time. Like I just use that time being outside on a dusty trail to pray and to ponder and to meditate and to seek the spirit in my life at that in you know, I mean, nature could be a holy place for a lot of people. But for me, these hills by my home have become almost synonymous with the temple because of the magnitude of spiritual experiences that I have experienced on those hills. And I can tell you exactly where I was, where different, you know, really profound spiritual insight or experiences happened. And for me, that's just kind of taught me that God meets us where we are, when we are mm. willing to seek and when we are willing to listen, no matter what our environment looks like at that point in time, he can meet us in those places and teach us.
0: Yeah, I'd like to put a little plug in for nature too, because I feel like that's, um, I'm a big gardener. I love to garden and that's where I feel like um, I can feel closest to him. And I don't know if it's just from the quiet of outside or... um if I don't know what it's necessarily what it is, but I think getting back to the the creation that he made for us, right? I mean, when we're outside, we're the closest to what he created for us. And so when we're close to that, it just provides the kind of environment we need to, you know, be, be open to his, be open to his communication for us. I agree. We love that. Um, I love that you said that any place can be a holy place if we're seeking the spirit and seeking God's guidance.
1: I truly believe that. I mean, my bathroom is sometimes a holy place, you know, like when I have young kids and I'm like having to hide from them to find even a minute of peace, you know, I mean. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe I think you have young kids, right? So you're probably in the middle of that that stage. Yeah, I'm like,
0: I'm like in this sweet spot where my youngest doesn't necessarily need me for everything. He's five, almost six. And my oldest, you know, is is 14. And so like I finally I'm at the point where they're not banging out the door at every possible moment. But um but there are definitely times where I still <laughs>
1: seek the comfort of the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, or the closet or the car, like I said. Just like anywhere can just I need a minute. <laughs> I just yeah. need to collect myself for a minute.
0: Yeah, yep. There are definitely uh I'm trying to be better about making zones that are it sounds so bad, but zones that are kid free, (laughs) like my bedroom or something, you know, just to have that spot that doesn't have toys and doesn't have the mess and where I can just, I know I can go and, and kind of, yeah, collect myself or whatever. Um, Because we need those places so that we can be ready for whatever our kids throw our way.
1: (laughs) Oh, totally. I don't think that sounds bad at all. I think that sounds wise.
0: Which I know that, you know, because you're, you're like, on the other end of the spectrum for me your yeah. kids are all my youngest is older. 14 so yeah. yeah yeah how many kids do you have
1: i have five the five. oldest is tw- almost 25 my okay. fourth child is just graduating from high school in a couple weeks so we'll be down to just one kid at home which is that's, crazy
0: that's insane i am getting emotional thinking about my daughter graduating high school in like four years and <laughs> <laughs> her leaving me i can only imagine um yeah only have one only to have yeah. one kid at home I and mean, yeah, we'll get there eventually, but.
1: <laughs> it's a wild journey. Once they start leaving, it's like dominoes, you know, but it's fun. There are lots of benefits. It's not all sadness and tears. It, there oh are yeah. Really great things to look forward to.
0: I'm sure. Like uh, hiking whenever you want to. <laughs> exactly. I
1: don't have to check with my kids. I can go wherever I want, whenever I want, essentially. So that is, yeah. it's really nice. That will come that's, for you.
0: <laughs> that's the best thing about So my son started kindergarten this year, and um, I'm not a homeschooler. It's, you know, if it came down to it, I probably could do it, but it's not for our family. But um, so he went off to kindergarten, and I I was (laughs) first time I've ever been, you know, like free all day long until they get home. And so it's amazing, though, how fast your life can fill up with things to do, and I decided to do this podcast and made it even more chaotic, but
1: (laughs) it's a great work. You're doing great.
0: Um, So part of our baptismal covenant is to stand as witnesses of God at all times and in all things and in all places that you may be in even until that that's um, Mosiah 18 verse 9. You had um, you've had many opportunities to do that in your podcast stand with Lynette Shepherd what's the story behind starting your podcast
1: it's kind of a long story so i'll give you the abbreviated version (laughs) um back in 2021 i was emerging from probably the most difficult or one of the most difficult periods in my life Um, with all the craziness of COVID and the social and political unrest that was going on in the world at that time. I was serving as Relief Society president. My Mm. husband's dental practice had been closed for two months with the pandemic shutdowns. And so financially, we were kind of trying to figure things out. I, I had started this new business, which I was completely in charge of all of the things. And it was just a lot. I was really overwhelmed trying to do all the things in managing some pretty intense trials in our family that I really didn't have any control over. And so I was like, I just got to, you know, I got to get through this. And I was able to get through it with the Lord's help. And I was kind of coming out of that. And, and I had the word stand playing on repeat in my mind all the time. And I like, I didn't know why, like, what is the significance of this word? And I thought, well, maybe having emerged from this really, challenging period and the world is really challenging at this time. And I was at that time a parenting coach. I was creating a parenting program. And so I was like, well, maybe I need to help parents to teach their kids to stand firm in the storms of life and be resilient. And so that's kind of what I was thinking, but I didn't really know. I didn't really know why this word was significant. And then in the summer of 2021, You'll probably remember it got a little crazy, like people were angry with President Nelson for some things that he had said, and just his name was just being dragged through the mud online. And then a couple weeks later, Elder Holland gave his now infamous talk at BYU to the faculty and staff that immediate firestorm of hate directed toward him, and it was coming from church members, almost all of it. and i was like what is going on here is this how this the last days are going to be with people in the church pitted against each other and the prophet and so it was really upsetting and disconcerting and it just felt really heavy to me and so i went on a hike because that's where i you know like seek solace right and so i was hiking one morning and just pouring out my heart, like I think even maybe out loud, <laughs> you know, yeah. like on the trail, I'm just like, what is going on? Just, these are all my worries. I don't know what's happening. What can I do? You know, cause I felt like I want to help, but I don't know what I can do. Like this mess is way bigger than me, you know? Yeah. And so I can tell you, this was one of those times where I could tell you exactly where I was on the trail. Like it's forever burned into my mind yeah. when I had a really clear thought Lynette, why do you think I need you to help women stand? And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) That was not the direction that I thought this word was taking me, you know? And so anyway, that kind of made it clear that I needed to maybe shift my focus and work in trying to help women in the church stand firmly with the prophet and with the savior and, you know, just kind of shift my focus into that arena. And so that is essentially how the podcast was born and why it is called Stand with Lynette.
0: (laughs) I love it. So what are some, you've had, you interview people on the podcast as well as do solo episodes where you highlight specific things. Um, Through your interviews, what are some insights that you've gained about standing from other people? Sorry, this was not on the question.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I've gained lots of insights listening to other people's stories. And, you know, the people who are willing to share get pretty vulnerable and share, you know, like their challenges and mental health issues and physical health issues and divorce and all sorts of really hard things that they have navigated, like death of family members and what that has taught them about standing with the Savior and yoking themselves to the Savior through their covenants, and I just think it's always inspiring to hear what other people experience and how they're able to stand strong, no matter what's happening in their life, but there are a couple of insights that I gained one of them that I still think about, and this was one of my earlier interviews, my podcast is just getting ready to turn one year old. So I'm not like so (laughs) experienced, but we've got like a gear under our belt, right? And one of the first interviews I did was with Brigitte Huller, who hosts the podcast, um, The Strong and Capable, I think, Strong Capable podcast. Anyway, she was talking about how she was scared to go down this path that she felt really really called to go down and she had this thought we'll switch the letters of the word scared and make it into sacred because they're the same letters but the word was different and so she taught me that when we walk scared with god that becomes sacred ground and i love that so much because in the work that i do i will tell you right now sometimes it is flat out terrifying and i do not want to do it you know i'm like i know i need to say this and i don't want to say it but sometimes <laughs> mm-hmm. i think about that i'm like okay i am walking with the savior i'm trying to do his work and so this is sacred ground and he will be there with me
0: oh i love that um oh yeah it gives me a lot to think about um and switching that like if you have that mindset um scared God as sacred ground and you and if you have that mindset before something hard happens when it happens and you're scared or you're scared because um you know of anything that you're dealing with if you if you can flip that because you know that when you walk with god it becomes easier to handle and it's sacred grounds like i imagine it would make it a little bit easier or make your burden lighter like he promises.
1: Yeah. It's just one of those things that might help it lighter to realizing you're not alone and it's okay to be, to feel scared, you know, but those feelings aren't coming from God and he will you know, compensate for all of the things that you don't feel like you, if you walk with.
0: Them. Yeah. Um. So you've also, do the solo episodes where you highlight specific topics, what are some of your favorite topics that you've talked about so far?
1: Um, honestly, the ones that I like the most, probably my favorite. I have a couple favorites. One of my favorites was the episode I did about um, Satan's war on women, <laughs> because oh. I feel like this is, this is a topic that is very relevant in our world. Like there's a lot of buzz about the role of women in the church and where do they fit and are they marginalized? And some people feel marginalized. I'm not one of those people. Mm -hmm. And I felt really strongly that I needed to talk about this. And so I did an episode where essentially I just, you know, taught about what actually the role of women is, you know, which according to God's plan, without women, the whole plan would fail we are the gatekeepers of mortality we give his spirits the opportunity to come to earth he could not do that without us you know that without our unique contribution the whole plan would fail and i think well if this is this is our contribution not our only contribution but one of our contributions how can we be second class how can we be marginalized like we are integral to the work of god and um I think that episode, just just doing that episode and recognizing that all of this hype about women and, you know, like Satan is having a heyday, trying to convince, you know, just distorting the role of women. And this has been true since the dawn of time. And why would he focus so much attention on this thing if it weren't important for us to understand where we really fit and who we really are and understanding that change, everything. And so that episode, I'm like, okay, I need to talk about this more because I feel like this is one of the big issues that is leading people out of the church It's just really a lack of understanding about how we fit into God's plan and what our role is.
0: Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I've noticed a big shift, um, in Satan's warfare, where he really is trying to eliminate the definition of what a woman is. Um, yes. And that's become a I feel like that's become a big, big time um, arsenal in his pocket. Or I don't know, however you want to say if we're going to talk talk war. Like, yeah, he's using that. And he's being way more successful than he should be. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, yeah, there's so much confusion surrounding that.
0: Changing the name to blood—I don't even know. You know, there's so many weird names that they're, they call women. And um, but I, I want to just be beca- like, that's a special word, women. And maybe we need to say it more, like you said. Maybe we need to just talk about what it means to be a woman more and put that out in the world. So it can be our arsenal against Satan. <laughs>
1: yeah, I really do think it—it it is a lack of understanding and not realizing where's all this confusion coming from? It's not coming from God. And we yeah. can't be buying into these lies that satan is perpetuating about women and believe the truth that god about women who we are they're incompatible we have to yeah. separate them and talk about what's really going on and that requires especially now in the crazy environment in which we live and social media and all the surrounding this issue in particular we have to get above, like from a bird's eye view. We have to have perspective that's outside of just this one thing that we're talking about right now. You know, like zoom out. Yeah. Let's see what's yeah. actually happening here. And that perspective is powerful.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, have you have you gotten any like flack or people that have <laughs> spoken against against this one this this topic about women and Satan's war against us?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, before I did the episode, like I was really feeling called to say something and I did not want to do it because yeah. I knew that I would be stepping into a minefield and I didn't like, I was terrified. So I'm like, well, I'll just like put a, so- do a social media post or whatever. So I just did like this real And um, just kind of saying how I felt empowered as a woman in the church. And, well, I know that's not everyone's experience. That's how I feel, you know. And anyway, at first the the comments were coming in and they were all positive. And then after like a few days, oh, like the hate started coming and the people were arguing in the comments. And I'm just like... I don't know what to do with this. I'm still pretty new to this world of like sharing faith, right? It's been about a year and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is stressing me out so much that I had to turn off the comments because I could not like handle the moderation, you know, that I would have to do to keep it from becoming just like a war in the comments. So yeah, for sure. People have strong feelings about this one and that because of all those comments and misunderstanding again, It's mostly coming from members or from members who have left. And, you know, I'm just like, okay, like we, I have to talk about this. The fact that it is so contentious means... I need to talk about it. And so I just started reading and studying like all the things that I could. And I was like wrestling with what I should say about this mm-hmm. for like a long time. i like, my podcast comes out tomorrow. I have <laughs> nothing. Like I have been thinking about this. That for- is the
0: worst feeling by it the way. Is.
1: It is because I'm just like, okay. I have to do this justice. Like I cannot yeah. do a half-hearted job on this issue because it's so huge. Like I feel like I do <laughs> do it right. And after studying and reading, like I read two whole books in like a week and then I just, you know, was trying to write an outline and it's not coming together. And mm-hmm. it was literally like the afternoon before the podcast was going to be supposed to be like out and I sat down at my computer and within an hour it just came like everything. It just came like flowed. And I'm just like, I only know that this is what the Lord wants me to say about this topic, because this was not me. Like it just, I was fighting with myself for like two weeks, you know, over what I should say. And then it just, boom, it came together. And so I'm just, the Lord cares about this too. You know, like he wants his daughters to understand who they are. So that's what I... One of the things I learned from that, but it is a crazy battleground with that issue and other issues. And you know, with the topic of standing, like that's where I feel called to be is in the places that. Other people don't want to go, you know, like for a while, I, most of the Latter-day Saint influencers that I followed, they were all just talking about all the easy doctrine, you know, or like loving and including and all of that is necessary. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't talk about that, but nobody was talking about the hard stuff, you know, nobody wants to walk into that minefield. I totally get it. I didn't want to either. And the Lord's like, boom. (laughs) that's where I need you I'm like you have the wrong person for this job I don't want to do it um but yeah I think we got to talk about those hard things too because the doctrine is getting muddied and the more muddied it gets the harder it is to talk about and the harder it is to hear yeah for some people
0: right I um I think Heavenly Father probably wanted you to do it because you know he knew you would do it even though even though you might have fought him for a little bit um he knew he knew you would stand well i try i try good job um what are some other insights you've gained through so you highlighted one about women in war like the satan's war against us but what are what are what's another example
1: Um, Well, when I first felt called to step into this place of helping women to stand, it was because there was so much controversy and hate directed towards the prophet, one of the apostles. And so I think that was kind of the catalyst for me to be like, okay, we, we we need to talk about Following the prophet. And so, one of the first episodes, I released three episodes at once when I first launched my podcast. And one of them was about following the prophet. And I thought it was sad that I had to approach that so tenderly and gently because it had become a place like a battleground, you know, of people just throwing slings and arrows directed toward the prophet. And I'm just like, oh, I didn't know that I would live to see the time when we treat our prophets like they did in the scriptures where they stoned them, you know? Cause it's like figurative stoning online, oh. you know? And I'm just like, okay, we gotta talk about following the prophet. We gotta get back to some of these really basic core things that are kind of getting distorted. If we're not careful, you know, depending on who you follow on social media and who you're listening to, there is a lot of muddiness that's getting into some people's interpretations of doctrine and yeah. you know just like I can follow the prophet when I want to follow the prophet and I cannot follow the prophet when I don't but I'm still following Jesus Christ and like exactly. actually no. <laughs> you know like by my own voice or by the voice of my servants it is the same and so we have to remember that the prophets speak for God even if we don't always agree with them which we're all going to come to a place if we haven't already where the one of the prophets is going to say something that we're just like oh yeah I don't know if I like that you know and what are we going to do in that instance how are we going to handle that and so I felt like all right let's let's just talk about the elephant in the room you know (laughs) and so again I feel called to tackle some some of the issues that are kind of like causing confusion and maybe even contention among Again, mostly members, which to me is hard to see, like the lack yeah. of unity, and which makes, you know, we just listened to General Conference and President Nelson had to tell us to stop fighting, you know, and I'm just like, yeah, which is yeah. embarrassing. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what, what could, what else could he have taught us, you know, to yeah. help us really like prepare ourselves better. But first we've got to address the contention. And so, yeah, I'm like, it's, it's everywhere. So if you're on social media at all, it's like, holy cow. And I'm not even on social media. Like people will um, reach out to me and be like, we can't talk about the family proclamation in our ward. Like we can't, our bishops said we can't talk about it. I would still talk about it. (laughs) I know. I'm like, if we can't talk about the doctrine in our wards, I feel like we're on dangerous ground. So yeah.
0: And like for a bishop to say that, Maybe this state don't, president know, like, needs I, to
1: know about that. <laughs> I can't judge. I don't know what that bishop's intention was. I'm sure there were more issues than I know about, you know, and yeah. th- there are people who struggle with the proclamation for, for really understandable reasons. And so I totally get that and understand it, but we can't bury it because it's yeah. hard to hear. And I think yeah. that about all of these kind of doctrines that are hard to hear. I'm like, we can't just talk about the easy stuff. The hard stuff is what's going to get us. So we need to be able to talk about it.
0: Yeah, Sky, well, I, when I had my interview with um, Skyler uh... Sorensen? Yeah, yep, thank you, Sorensen. I love him. Yeah, he's so awesome. He said that um, we need to talk about the ideal, like like the family proclamation or else it, it'll disappear. And... Yeah. And and if like you said it'll be buried, we need to we need to talk about that. I love that you talk about the hard things. And I know that has to be challenging. I can only imagine. Um,
1: it can, be. It can I, be.
0: I bring up some things on, you know, like I have strong. The one that gets me is abortion. Right. Like to me, that's such a cut and dry, like don't kill. <laughs> right. But I've had discussions with members of the church who are totally think differently. And it's uh, it's interesting and it's hard to it's hard to see it's hard to see so it's good that there are people like you who are willing to keep these things at the forefront so that we don't forget
1: well thank you i feel the same about you you're doing (laughs) um
0: so sometimes we have to stand alone like like you feel like you do sometimes with your podcast and um just in sharing the gospel um so Uh, what would you tell you've already told us some examples of that where or you've maybe shared something online where people um you know all those negative comments come and what would your advice be to somebody um who feels who feels called to to stand and who feels um feels like they need to do that but are scared or don't um yeah are having a hard time finding the courage to do that
1: yeah well i can totally relate to that 100 percent. it's so <laughs> hard when you feel this call to be like you know whether it's standing for truth in your own family or in your own friend circles or in your wards or wherever it is it's not easy to be looking around and be like why isn't anyone else saying anything like are we all in agreement on this here that you know when the when they may be talking about something that's not aligned with doctrine, you know there are opportunities to stand everywhere, go to a gospel doctrine class, you know what I mean yeah. I mean like there's there are lots of opportunities to stand, but it's not comfortable to be able to do that, especially when you feel like you're with people who who you think. believe what you do you know and then you're just like wow am I the only one here who still believes in the proclamation or you know whatever you know so I totally get that and what I have learned in stepping out and standing up and doing it anyway is that when I am doing God's work and I look at this as God's work right I'm trying to shine light into some of these dark places and just like teach truth and and point people to the doctrine and to just Christ I feel like like that's part of God's work, right? Yeah, I feel that He has inspired me to to do this, and also that He strengthens me. And when I am up there doing it, and when I feel alone, I'm not alone because I'm never alone when I'm doing God's work. And Satan has a heyday with me all the time, all the time. Yeah, like we we can't think that we're gonna get off without opposition when we are taking a stand about anything that is true, and yeah. So there's always going to be opposition and Satan will try to convince you not to do it. He will put all sorts of fears like you're going to lose friends. You're going to ruin your family. You're going to, you know, like people will look at you as whatever negative label, you know, is attached to that thing. All of those things are legitimate fears, but they also don't come from God. He does not work in doubt or fear. He works in faith and, you know, courage and strength. And so you can develop that courage and strength by looking to Jesus Christ, by finding power in your relationship with Him and your covenants with Him and realizing you are never alone. It reminds me of that, I think it's in Joshua, where, you know, there's this big battle and they were way outnumbered. And then the Lord, you know, let them see that there's this whole army of people you know angels who are with them and they were actually outnumbering the opposition because of the unseen help and i feel like we have access to you know jesus christ walking with us but also to the power of angels president nelson has promised that that we can you know call down those angels to to help us in times of need, especially if we are keeping our covenants, the angels can't be restrained from being our companions, is what he said. So, yeah. you're never alone. Even if you feel like you're alone, you're never alone.
0: I love that. I love that so much. I love that you mentioned um, the ministering of angels and that we're not alone. I, I got um, goosebumps when you reminded me of that. That's something that I, you know we're taught but something that sometimes it's easy to forget and, and um power of angels is real
1: it really it really is and you can pray directly for that like please yeah. bless me with angels to help me in this thing that i'm trying to they will have I you personally that.
0: felt that like have you have you felt angels sustaining you
1: i have i've prayed for that and i have felt that i've prayed for that for my children you know, that they will feel the power of angels to help them in the challenges in their life. And when, when they're serving missions, I pray that like my my grandpa was a mission president and he has passed away and his wife has passed away. And I pray sometimes that they will be able to help my, my missionaries. And they have felt like, oh yeah, I totally, I felt that, you know, and we had um, my nine-year-old nephew passed away unexpectedly last year, like just yeah. never woke up it was n- like the autopsy and conclusive. they never had a reason why yeah. and um, my daughter serving him right now and she's like i sometimes and like she didn't even really know him he was nine yeah. she was way older than him we we saw them maybe once a year maybe once every other year she's like i don't even know how i know that it's him but i can feel him so i yeah. think that that power is real and we we can feel it. And maybe it's not like a tangible, oh, there's someone looking over my shoulder, but just like an increase of, of power.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful and much needed. At least for me, I know whenever we have our own challenges, it's, it's a good reminder to, to call on that. So thank you for that reminder. Cause I needed it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as a mother, what have you done to teach your children to stand in holy places?
1: Well, there's lots of ways to to teach your children to stand in holy places. But I think for me, we try to make our home a holy place. We try to, you know, just make, not make, but create a place where it feels different than what they experience in the halls of their high school, because it's straight crazy, like at the high school, right? It is, it is crazy. There's so much going on there. And I just want our home to be a place where they can feel a difference, you know, and feel that holy place. Um, we try to do our scripture study and our come follow me and our prayers and all those little things, and I think all of those things contribute to that. We encourage our kids to go to the temple. We live really close to the temple, and my son has his little friends meet at our house every Friday, and they walk down to the temple and do baptisms, and then they come back and hang out and play games. And so yeah. I love that, and I think also they see us, like my husband and I, going to the temple almost every week, and. I think example says a lot, especially when you have teenagers. I think you do so much of your teaching in the years before they become teenagers because then they don't want to listen to you a lot of times. Like, they already know what you think about everything and they just, sometimes they don't want to listen. And we've had that experience with some of our teenagers where they're just like, don't talk to me about Mm -hmm. gospel things. Like, don't ask me questions during Come, Follow Me. I will tell you if I have something to say. You know what I mean? (laughs) So We've had those experiences, but persisting you know and still having all of the the scriptures and the prayers and the, and being an example those walls break down through the spirit like we can't do it really yeah. what, what i try to do is point them to jesus christ and help them to recognize the difference between feeling the spirit and not feeling the spirit so they want to feel the spirit more and be in places where that spirit dwells
0: yeah uh, ed mylett he's a motivational speaker that I like to listen to. He has a podcast. But one thing that he says is um, things are caught, not talked. And yeah. so an example, like you said, going to the temple, you and your husband going to the temple often, your children see that and and that'll speak louder than sometimes, you know, what we're trying to physically teach them.
1: Especially when they're teenagers.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, we haven't got quite to the point where my daughter, feels like you're not listening, but I'm anticipating it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully
1: you won't. I think it depends on the kids. Some are more inclined to that kind of behavior than others, but I think when they're teenagers, you are grateful for all of their young men and young women leaders and the other adults in their life that can be truth into their hearts because they will catch more from people outside of their family, I think, a lot of times yeah. when they Takes a village.
0: Yeah, it so does. It so does. And thank goodness there's that framework of a village, you know, that we have at church. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you guys are lucky to be so close to the temple. We are. Awesome. We
1: are super lucky. We, it's right down the street. We can see it from our front yard and we pass it multiple times a day and it's in the parking lot of our church. And so uh-huh. it's just yeah, always, we are very, very yeah. lucky.
0: We, um, we live about 45 minutes away from our temple. So we don't get to go once a week, but, Um, you know, whenever we can, we do. And it is a special place. What is your favorite scripture story, story that shows the prophet or person was a guardian of standing?
1: The story that came to my mind when I was first thinking about this was the story of Abraham and he and his wife and how they prayed for so long to have a child. And God granted them that miracle in their very old age. And as soon as Isaac was grown, the Lord's like, give him back to me. Actually, you're going to kill this son that is a miracle in your life that you prayed for. And then they granted, I need him back, you know, and I just think, what was that like for Abraham to walk up the mountain with Isaac, knowing what he would have to do and still putting one foot in front of the other, like tying him to the altar? Yeah. What was that like knowing that, okay, God is going to require everything of me, Like, he's going to require me to sacrifice this thing that means more to me than, yeah. you know, anything else in this life. And he was still willing to do it. And of course, we know that the Lord intervened and didn't actually require that sacrifice, but he required Abraham to get to the point of lifting the knife, you know, and how far are you going to follow me? How much are you willing to stand with me? What are you willing to lay upon my altar? And, you know, maybe that was for Abraham's benefit, so that he would know I am willing to do whatever it takes to follow the, the God that I love. And I hope that the Lord doesn't ever require me to sacrifice a child. But what will he require of me for yeah. it's going to he's going to require something big or multiple big things from every single one of us. That is part yeah. of the journey of mortality. That is part of the test. Are we willing to stand with him and sacrifice everything, lay everything upon the altar, knowing that he's in control? He's going yeah. to help us sanctify the challenges in our lives and help us to grow you know through these hard experiences and so i don't know i think that's such an inspiring example of faith and willingness to follow the lord no matter what and i yeah. hope that i can follow that example and be willing to sacrifice anything the lord asks of me to follow him
0: yeah um that's a yeah that's a big deal i feel like um sometimes it's easy to forget to do that especially In terms of like what we're asked to do at church for callings or um, I've noticed a big um, uptick in people saying no for callings. And uh, that's just been my personal experience lately. Um, and, And I think that that is forgotten, that covenant that we make in the temple to sacrifice our time and our efforts. And it says even unto death.
1: Well, it says it, everything the Lord requires of you. Yeah. I think they changed it. The unto death part so, is no yeah. longer in there.
0: It's not in there. But that's everything, like anything. Yeah. I mean, um, and so when you look at it that way, then then it's easier to make the sacrifice to, to do a calling or to do a podcast or to do um, something that is totally out of your comfort zone because that's what Heavenly Father wants you to do.
1: Well, and he can take that and sanctify it. And it doesn't feel like a sacrifice anymore at that point. You know, when we can get out of the why me, like, why are you asking me to do this? Because that's not going to get us anywhere. Um, yeah. But why not me? Why not me? Why can't I do this? And just having that more, you know, bigger perspective, like I kind of talked about before, that it's not just about this moment. Like the Lord yeah. will sanctify these and use them for our good. Yeah,
0: that's beautiful. So to finish out my, uh, the, my interviews, I always ask the same two questions. The first being, um, what example from the life of Jesus Christ shows that he was a guardian of standing?
1: Well, last week we studied John chapter 5 in Come, Follow Me. And so much of that chapter was Jesus talking about how everything he did was for Heavenly Father, like he was there to do his Father's work, and he wasn't taking any credit, and he wasn't deviating from the Father's course at all. He was doing everything that he did to honor Heavenly Father, to carry out his plan, and I think that's a perfect example of standing, because he's standing absolutely in line with his Father at all times, and giving all glory to him, and pointing everyone to him, even though he's the one who made the whole thing possible. He doesn't take any glory from that. He just is trying to honor his father. And I hope I can get to that point where I can just get out of the way and let the Lord work through me and don't make it about me and don't make it about my pride, which is hard because we're mortal and we're human. But that's kind of what I've been working on lately is just learning how to just surrender and get out of the way and it's not easy and i keep making Mm -mm. the same dumb mistakes over and over and over but again Mm -hmm. i feel like this is the fact that i'm more aware of these weaknesses or more you know that's a good thing because then the lord can help me learn how to overcome them and again sanctify them for his good until i can become a window to jesus christ that's my hope
0: yeah, I've um, been thinking a lot about about what you said about Jesus giving all of the glory to God. And um, specifically that, I mean, Satan wanted all the glory for himself, right? And um, wanted to make us return to the Heavenly Father. Uh, whereas Jesus Christ wanted the glory all for God. And that's what he did when he was here on the earth. And that's what he continues to do. And um, he didn't ever ask for a reward, but what do we do? What what is our name? Like our church name, right? The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. His name is in our church. His name is spoken every time we say a prayer. Yes, we pray to Heavenly Father, but it's always in the name of Jesus Christ. So even though Jesus Christ points the glory to God, God has given him the blessing of the glory as well because of the fact that he was ever he turned everything to to god and um i guess that's an example of what could happen if we stand right like we will receive his glory and we will receive his blessings and um just like he did for jesus christ obviously not at the same level because we can never do what jesus christ did but um we will be blessed for standing
1: i like that i've never thought of it in that way it'd be really beautiful
0: um and well, I I probably wouldn't have thought about it if I wasn't preparing for this podcast. So I'm grateful for the insight. Um, and I'm grateful that you brought up, yeah, how he stands by by trying to do everything that Heavenly Father wants him to do. Um, so if you could pick a person, past or present, who do you think is a guardian of standing, who would it be and why?
1: For me, Sherry Dew. She's like my ultimate hero of, you know, a female Latter-day Saint who is bold and she is courageous and the way that she says things just always speaks to me. I feel like she tackled some really tough topics in her days of being in the Relief Society General Presidency and just she did it so eloquently and Mm -hmm. so boldly and I look at her and she talks about how when she was young, she was painfully shy. Yeah. And then I'm just like, you would never know that now because she's so courageous and so bold and so willing to just stand wherever the Lord needs her to stand and say whatever the Lord needs her to say, no matter how hard that thing is. And so I want to emulate her example of just a bold and courageous and faithful and strong woman of God.
0: And um I love her too. And the the, the scripture that came to mind was I'm not gonna be able to quote it exactly because I'm really bad at that, but um when uh Moreau and I or Mormon, whoever is abridging the Book of Mormon at this point talks about how our weaknesses can become strengths. Um and for Sherry Dew, she was shy and now she's not or you know, like she was able she's able to do all these things now and and um as long as we're striving to do the work of God and standing, He'll multiply our efforts and make those weak things become strong.
1: Absolutely. I have experienced that firsthand. So I love that.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lynette, for being on my podcast and for joining me. And it's been fun to talk to somebody who knows what it's like to be a podcaster.
1: <laughs> yes. <Yeah, laughs> it comes with its own unique challenges, but I'm grateful to be on the other side. Of the screen today and let you yeah. do all of the hard work <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it is hard work <laughs> it really is there's a lot that goes into it
0: it's it's worth it it's worth it if it's the work of god and and we both are doing that i feel strongly that that is true so thank you for sharing your light with us and sharing with us what it means to be a guardian of standing
1: thanks for having me it's been a joy
0: yep. Alrighty. Have a great day.
1: All right. You we'll too. Later. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Guardians of Virtue podcast. Please don't forget to give us a follow. And if you have time, please leave a review. Peace out, dudes.